The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Mangan, and I'm joined, as always, by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local choose community. Now, Kieran, the last time we spoke about the Cork men's senior football team on the podcast, we were feeling optimistic. We were looking ahead to a Division 2 campaign, promotion, a distant possibility on the horizon. And that was two weeks ago. And since then, the wheels have started to fall off that promotion push. Two games, two defeats away to both Donegal and Loud. And it leaves John Cleary's team in a really tough spot at the bottom of Division 2. And I ask you, Kieran, what's gone wrong? It's a nice, easy question to kick off the, the kick off the podcast, Dylan, sound for that. Um, how long do we have? Can I put it that way? So it's just yeah, been a, a really tough start, start for the footballers. Like you said, lost away on the road twice. First to Donegal, a bit of a chest defeat up there. And then a, a loss to Irma last weekend. And where that leaves Cork now, looking at the table as we speak, Two, two rounds in, Cork are bottom of the Division 2 table with the worst scoring difference of minus 13. They've conceded a combined total of 38 points across the two games. And across the four divisions, only Waterford and Limerick have conceded more. And both of those teams are rooted to the, uh, to the bottom of Division 3 and Division 4. So it's not pretty reading for Cork fans or, or, or the Cork football and management team either. Uh, we spoke at the earlier... In the year about um promotion was the target for John Cleary's team this year. That was the chat to get up to division one. And if that's the barometer that we're going to um kind of gauge this campaign, this league campaign off for um it's been very disappointed so far. We'd have to say that Cork are out of the promotion picture. Well, as good as you're looking at our man Donegal are both on four points already and for men for men are on three points. So Cork are four points behind the promotion spots with only five games left to play. And two of those games are still away from home, including a very tough trip to Fermanagh in the in the fourth round. So um, where's it gone wrong? Just um, Cork conceding too much. They're not scoring enough. I know that sounds very simplistic. Um, I was talking to John Cleary actually earlier today, and he was making the point to me that Cork haven't had a settled team out there yet, that there's been a lot of chopping and changing with players. And he hopes... That in, in the next um, run of games, that's three games in a row, the Cork will have in successive weekends, that they'll get a settled team there and that results can can follow off the back of that. Then we saw that last year when Cork had a settled team, that they did get the results that they needed, especially in the championship. So so hopefully when Cork get players back, the likes of Sean Potter, who's back in training, and he's um he's in the mix to the feature against Kevin on Saturday week. I think Thomas Clancy is back in training too. Paul Walsh was on the bench against Loud the last day. So 
you're starting to get fellas back into the back into the panel, strengthen the panel. So hopefully if Cork have that have that bigger panel to choose from, that John Cleary can get as close to his best 15 as possible out there. And then maybe results will 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 um take a turn for the better. But they need to take a turn for the better and quite quickly and starting against Kevin on Saturday week. Yeah, just um going back to the Donegal game. Um I guess going into that game, Cork would have been hoping, I guess, for for maybe a draw, a great result would have been a win. But the defeat wasn't the in terms of results alone, the defeat wasn't exactly a surprise. Like Donegal would have been a lot of people's favourites going into that game. Perhaps the manner of the defeat was something that kind of took the wind out of Cork sales a little bit. Like they lost 60% of the turnovers. They didn't really take many shots. Donegal's press really, really um, kind of... Uh, Cork struggled with Don- Donegal's press. So do you think maybe in terms of like an opening game to a, a league campaign, that, that could have been the worst possible draw for, for Cork? It's probably... It was the toughest game at the start of the... At the start of the campaign, so um, it was always going to be a huge ask for Cork to go up to Belly Buffet and come away with a win. Even look back to last year when Donegal were in Division 1, they beat Kerry on the opening day of the campaign up there. So, um, in fact, during Jim McGuinness is back in the hot seat in Donegal as well. So, everything was kind of pointing towards a Donegal victory that day. And that's the, that's what transpired. But I don't think many people could have foreseen a 120-2-6 hammering. And that's exactly what it was. Um, just a really dis- disappointing day for Cork. So that put them on the back foot straight away. And they always knew when the schedule came out that there was two away games to kick off the league. So away to Donegal and then the following weekend up to Hardy to play Loud. And that's a place where Cork also lost um, to Loud last year in the league. But you're thinking, okay, this is a Cork team further down the road than they were this time last year in the league, that they have enough about them to get a, a win with an Hardy. But just wasn't there's too too many mistakes the concession of soft goals as John Cleary said and it just left Cork with a, with another defeat and um the concession of those two goals will be a, a worry for Cork as well because not only did they concede the the one twenty against them um, the one twenty against uh, Donegal but they concede two nine then against Loud the following weekend like I said that's a combined thirty eight points in two games and that's just not good enough at at this level um if you're coughing up those those types of scores. Um, you're going to win more games and you're going to lose sorry more games than you're going to win so Park have it, had a very tough start to the campaign um, with John Hayes in the podcast kind of previewing the league and he was saying like ideal situation four points minimum target two points for those open two games what we're left with is a Cork team but no points so that is it's a it's ter- it's a disastrous start you, you can't sugarcoat it it's a really poor start to the league and we're looking at the games coming up home to Kevin that is a must-win game. It really is a must-win game for Cork. Then you are waiting for Manna. Then it's home to Kildare, away to Mead, and home to Armagh at the end. And that could be an Armagh team needing a win to clinch promotion up to Division 1. So there's there's no gimmies there. There's a couple of, of tough trick tricks away. So all of a sudden, this game against Kevin, it is must-win for Cork. If Cork lose this, we can start talking about relegation trouble because Cork will be in relegation trouble. Have to beat Kevin. And that's the only game that matters now. Forget about the the Tartan Cup or the Sam Maguire Cup or the Munster Championship, whatever's going to happen later in the summer. Right now, the focus has to be on beating Kevin on the Saturday week. Yeah, I think they, they need to take it one game at a time, really, rather than looking ahead to potential relegation or anything like that. And 
like if you look back at last season, I was looking at the league results last year and like inconsistency and Cork tend to go a little bit hand in hand. Like last year, mm-hmm. lost to Mead, beat Kildare, lost to Dublin, beat Limerick, beat Clare, lost to Loud, drew at Derry. So they were a bit up and down last year as well. And it started kind of on a downer this year. But um, in this week's Southern Star, John Hayes, he, he must be a very um, positive man because he did say that it's not beyond the realms of possibility for Cork to secure wins in any or all of their last five games. Now, I personally wouldn't be saying maybe that they'll get five wins, but Cork, like it, it's a realistic possibility for Cork to end. Like in 2023, they ended with uh, three wins, one draw, three defeats. Looking at the fixtures, it that's a possibility for Cork again. Like it's not all completely doom and gloom. And I guess, is there anywhere specific they need to improve going forward to, to make sure they win these games? Because the Loud game, while it was a lot better than the Donegal performance, there was still some, some worrying signs. You mentioned the con- concession of those two goals. Cork didn't really, I don't think Cork scored in the last 15 minutes of the game. So like the second half really fizzled out for them. Um, so like against Cavan now, is it just a case of kind of bucking themselves up? Or I know John Hayes was also talking about Cork's kickout maybe needing improving as well. And they lost a lot of um, turnovers against Donegal, like I, I mentioned earlier. So are those the kind of things that they can look at and try and um, improve on going into these three big games over three consecutive weekends? I think John Hayes has been very positive. He he's positive kept on when he was writing um, this week's column in the Southern Star. But he's right; it's not beyond the realms of possibility for Cork to go and win those those next five games. Will it happen? Right now, you'd have to say no. No, it won't. And we're judging that on the form that we've seen Cork in the in the first two games. Um, like I said, pretty pretty poor, especially the first the first day. John Cleary is saying that he saw enough against Loud to kind of suggest that there are better days to better days to come um, and I think we can all agree that there is huge room for improvement and that's probably not a bad place to be right now it's not like Cork are playing their best football and not winning games um, this is a Cork team that has huge room for improvement go back to the concession of like the combined 38 points like that's something that needs to be addressed straight away Cork cannot keep coughing up scores like that if they do it they're not going to win games um, again John Cleary said after, after the, the low game conceding those two softish goals Again, that's tightened up at the back, but that can tie into then getting the getting the likes of Sean Powder back in. Daniel O'Mahony, more more game times there. I know Michal Martin is back in training as well. He had a bit of a groin injury, so maybe he's ready to come back into the pool quite soon. So what Cork need is a settled team. And we saw Cork last in the championship when they had a settled team, they took out some big guns along the way. So that gives you um that gives you room for a bit of optimism. Um, it's not to say that we're thinking, oh God, it's everything's great in Cork football right now. Obviously, it's not. You have to judge them on results, and we have to judge Cork on their promotion bid, which is what again, like I said at the start of the podcast, that's what John Cleary said. One of the goals for this year is to get promotion to to Division One, and we have to judge Cork's league performances off that. And right now, Cork are well off the pace, so they know themselves they have a lot of room for improvement. That's why I think this Kevin game is quite key. Because it's a Kevin game, it's a Kevin team that are going quite well themselves. They only lost to Donegal by one point last weekend. And that's the same Donegal that 
that gave Cork a lesson the week, in, the, week um, the week before. And this is a Kevin team coming off the back of successive promotions in the league as well. They, um, they, they'll be high in confidence coming down to, must we call it Super Value Park at Creeve? Is that part of the deal now? Park at Creeve, the park, um, Super Value Park at Creeve, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's that's on Saturday week. So that's a huge game. And I think we'll we'll find out a lot more about this Cork team in that game. If they get a win there, that could, that could steady the ship and get to move it in the right direction. But if Cork don't get the result there, then I think we're, I think tougher conversations are needed to be had. Yeah, um, momentum will tell a lot, I think, especially with the games happening over the course of three days. So um, we wait with, in anticipation um, to watch that, that Cork and Cavan game. Hopefully things improve there. Before we move on, um, just elsewhere um, in Cork GA, um, Cork playing Kilkenny this weekend in the Allianz Hurling League. Another uh, Cork team that had a tough result recently with a loss to Clare. Um, that game is on this Saturday evening and uh, Pat Ryan's hurlers will be hoping to get back on track there. And it's not going terribly well for the ladies footballers either at the moment, Kieran. They sit in um, fifth place in the ladies national football league um lost to Kerry recently as well so kind of a little bit doom and gloom for Cork over across the board isn't it 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 wasn't a good bank holiday weekend for for Cork teams the footballers the hurlers and the ladies footballers all losing so to the hurlers first uh, a disappointing opening opening game away to Clare last one 125 to 219 uh, Cork have the chance to get back in the Get back, point in the right direction straight away. Playing Kilkenny Park in Park McQueen this Saturday night at half seven, and that that's a big game for Cork. You do expect there'll be a big crowd in Park McQueen for that. Um, Pat Ryan has made five changes to the to the Cork team for this game. So the Downey brothers, Robert and Owen, have come in, and um, so is Tim O'Mahony in defence. While Conor O'Callaghan has been named in midfield, and Nusa Sounds Luke Mead has been named in the half forward line. So Pat Ryan is. Certainly shuffling his cards for this game, like five changes. That's one third of the team he's changed for a, a crunch game against Kilkenny. So much like the footballers, that the, the hurlers will be hoping that the, the first game in Parky Cueve will just get them get the right result and get them pointing in the in the right direction. Then the the Shane Renane's ladies footballers they have to wait an extra week to try and um try and right the wrong of their bank holiday loss to to carry down in Chile, like that was a poor performance. Um, that was a quite a poor performance by Cork and it followed on the home loss to Armagh. So Cork are on three points after three games and leaves them in a spot of bother too. Next game up is against Waterford on, I think it's Saturday, Sunday week up in Parky Ring. And that's a must-win game because Waterford are bottom of the table at no points and Cork have three points. If Cork can get a win there, it'll just push them up the table towards safety. And just for our listeners in in ladies football, um, it's three points for a win. Whereas in in the men's football and hurling, it's two points for for a win there. Um, and just on the ladies footballers for a second, and I've been chatting to Shane Ronan this week. It's it's worth pointing out their over dependence right now on Katie Quirk. She's got seventy six percent of their scores in the league wow. so far. It's um. Cork are just far too dependent on 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 on, on Katie Kirk for scores, and they know that so that that has to change very fast. There's only been three other scorers in the league for Cork in the three games so far, 
And that's um, Derek Hyde, has got one one. Cyber Leary's got one point. Laura Matney's got, got one point. And Cork have only scored, um, they've only scored, I have it here now, I think it's 219 in the league so far. And Katie Crook has scored 116 of that. So I think if you're trying to, yeah, if you're trying to hone in in an area for the Cork ladies, footballers need to improve. They need to take that scoreboard and off Katie Crook and spread it around because they have one player get over two quarters of your scores in the league and have only three more scores in three games. Again, at this level, it's just not good enough. And again, like the men's footballers and the hurlers, there's a lot of room for improvement. So while the hurlers have a chance this weekend to get back on the horse, um, the, the ladies' footballers and the men's footballers have to wait an extra week. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be watching with anticipation, like I said earlier. We're going to take a very quick break and we will be back then to talk about somebody who did have a good bank holiday weekend, and that is Inna Shannon's Jack Crowley. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. Now, Kieran, Jack Crowley's audition as the new number 10 for Ireland went well last Friday night. Well is probably a little bit of an understatement as they claimed their biggest ever away win in France. They came out on top with a bonus point, 38-17 win. And it wasn't a bad start for Crowley at all. No, he hit the ground running. It wasn't a perfect performance. I suppose if the... We um said that too. There was a couple of mistakes, especially in the in the first half. He'd be disappointed with um he he'd a penalty in front of the post that he sent just to the right, and then there was one or two other decisions. Um, he tried a grubber kick through that didn't work out as well, and um so he knows himself that there is room for improvement. But from what we know about Jack Crowley, he's a very confident um young man. He's just nothing seems to phase him, and you could see that throughout the game. Like he might make a mistake, but he it just doesn't bother him. He'll just, get, he'll just keep going and he'll keep trying. And he's a very brave and fearless player in that sense. And you could see in the second half, he just grew into the game. Like he nailed some conversions from the, from the sideline. And you could see the kind of that look of determination in his face when it was going over. It's like a, a man who knew that he was at home on the big stage. So his role in, in Ireland's win in the Stad Velodrome can't be understated. It was an ideal start for him in, in one sense. It was a good performance, but room for improvement again. But I think the big takeaway is that he just slotted straight, straight in there. And it's he didn't change his game, as in he's still he's a player who's going to take risks. You know, you can see it. He's a very brave player. And he was doing that at, at the in his in his first Six Nations start on Friday night. So um, he passed his first test. And now his next test, Darren team will be named on Friday. We're presuming and assuming that Jack Crowley will be named at number 10 again. So it's Italy on Sunday at the Aviva. That's going to be quite a different game um, for, 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 for Jack. Um, we had Johnny Holland on the um, in this week's Southern Star. Um, he was talking to Sean Holland and he was making the point that um, how he, do, he, just, he was saying that the the Italians he thinks are going to get in Jack Crowley's face and that he's going to get caught up in the, in a battle sometimes at the tackle line and oh that Jack's going to take a lot of punishment this weekend so it'll be interesting to see how he how he passes this test but from what we know of him so far you'd you'd have to back Jack Crowley. Yeah, I think it's probably something that he relishes. Like we, you mentioned there, like confident is the word really to describe him when you watch him on the pitch. Like the things he tries are things that 
plenty of other tens maybe wouldn't try there if you're a bit more of a risk averse number 10 you wouldn't try it and I know he missed that kick at the like early in the game um kind of straight in front of the post and it went slightly wide but I remember watching it and when that kick went wide I still felt like he was going to have a good game because it's not like he hooked it to the left and I think if that was I think his first kick in the game and if it had hooked to the left it, it would have felt like a, a much worse miss if that makes sense like he hit the ball really well and it just happened to go wide and um he is somebody who we've seen with Munster as well he reacts really well to mistakes or to things not going going exactly the way they're supposed to and you say there as well like every single kick then pretty much afterwards from the sideline went straight through the posts and um in terms of the Italians kind of roughing him up I think that's probably something that he'll he'll relish as well like if you look at the way he plays like he takes the ball to the line like he really holds on to the ball until the last second he tries to draw tacklers in so if the Italians are kind of coming after him that's probably something that he wants because it means that he can pop the ball to Tigburn like he did in Marseille um, and he can run through for a try so I think that might mightn't be a bad thing for Cardi and Another thing I guess that's that's probably important for us to to acknowledge is the fact that he is coming into one of the best teams in the world and the the platform they give him to to be able to play his own game is brilliant. Like people like uh, Jameson Gibson Park and the entire kind of pack give him the platform to express himself, and um, which is what he's he's so good at doing. Yeah, that Gibson Park was superb against friends, absolutely. Like and for Jack Crowley to come in alongside such a seasoned international and it's such a class act like Gibson Park, like it, it just makes life that bit easier. And you're, you're, you're dead right, Dylan. He's coming into a team that was number one in the world last year, a team that's that's beaten the All Blacks, has beaten South Africa in a World Cup and so on. Like it's a team that it, it, it has a great mentality. And Jack, and I suppose the way they, you can see with the Irish team, what it is that they want to have this kind of situation where the next player up can just slot right into the, into the team. And we saw that the last day, Jack Crowley stepped up and he slotted right in there and, and, he, and he looked at home. And like I said earlier, I think what's so encouraging is that you just know and feel that there's just more to come from Jack Crowley over the, the next couple of games and hopefully the, the next couple of, of years as well, because we just can't forget how young he is. He only turned 24 there just a couple of weeks ago. Like this is a fella who only joined the Munster Academy back in 2020. And now we're in 2024. Uh, just a couple of years on and he's Ireland starting out half in the Six Nations as they have a record win um, away to France um, and it just it's just um, his rise has been incredible and what the likes of Bending Grammar School where he went to school and Bending Rugby Club where he le- he learned his, his trade like what a trade it is for these for these the school the club for the coaches for his former teammates for his friends to see one of their own kind of rise to this level but they also know Jack and they know that, the, that there's more to come as well so I think it's very exciting for for, for, this, for this Irish team that they're bringing in some of these these new players like kind of um obviously Johnny Sexton's era is over and now we have we have um we've Jack Crowley and he's going to get his chance in these Six Nations. I think what we saw against France, that performance has earned him the right to hold on to that jersey for the rest of this um for the rest of this tournament. If he had a very nervy game and it didn't go according to plan, okay, there might be calls. What what do you do with Jack Crowley? Do you stick or twist? But we saw enough the last day. The, what, what I think it's like you have to give Jack Crowley the Six Nations now you have to let him find his feet at this level because like I said he's only 24 years of age he's a long career ahead of him a very exciting career he's going to make mistakes 
that's all part and parcel of it, but it's how he recovers. So um, next test up is Italy on, on Sunday and hopefully another good day at the office for Jack. And, and I could be wrong here, Dylan. I don't think Jack has ever lost a game he's played in for Ireland. Um, of course, it helps that he's quite a lot, a lot of those games and Ireland are a winning machine. Well, apart from a World Cup quarterfinal, but Ireland are a winning machine. So um, maybe he's that lucky charm we need. Yeah, if he uh, if he keeps that up, it'll be another grand slam in the bag for Ireland. That game is on um, Sunday at three o'clock in the Aviva. A, a little bit closer to home in West Cork here. And this weekend, we have the under-21 Carberry Championships. They're at semi-final stage. And um, you've said before, this is one of your favourite, one of the best competitions in West Cork. And we're in for a great show this weekend as well. Yeah, it's always been a super competition, the under-21A football championship. We wrote about it in the Star last week that this this new window that they found for it, it's, it's not ideal. It's been played off very, very fast. Uh, three weekends in February have been allocated for the divisional under-21 football championship. So there's a very kind of kind of blink and you'll miss it feel uh, to it. But um, so we're at this weekend with the quarterfinals last weekend and we saw the champi- champions dethroned. Lucistown are out, Carby Rangers beat them. So um Carby Rangers will now take on Ivan Gales in a semi-final this Sunday in Bandon at 4 p.m. This is actually a rerun of the semi-final last year that caused so much controversy uh, with the what was the full-time score, then it went to replay and so on. So we've um Carby Rangers and Ivan Gales Bandon four o'clock Sunday, while earlier on Sunday, Clan of Kilty take on Bentry Blues. Clan of Kilty had a good win against Donnie's last weekend. Uh, 66th minute Keen Ryan point won the day. So six minutes into injury time, Clan got the winner. And they take on a Bentry Blues team that won the Carberry under 21B um, late last year. So two good semi-finals on Sunday. And just to note as well that we have the Carberry under 21B football semi-finals also on Sunday. At 12 noon in Benny the Hub, it's Cora against Kill Island. And then a 3.13 Clan of Kilty, Uvo Donovan Rasa against Ahan Gales. And not to forget the Clona Milk under, under 21 C football semi finals that are on Saturday. So we've Kill Britain against Randalogue in Artfield at 3 pm, while in Inneskeen at 3.30, it's Clown Gale against Kilmeen. So we have six semi finals of the various Carberry under 21 football championships this weekend. So touch wood that the weather gods play play ball and that the pitches hold up and that we get these games played because we're straightened into the under-21 finals the following weekend. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, the Southern Star is in shops and available online right now. So what can listeners look forward to when they pick up their copy, which we know they will? Of course, it's it's Friday by the time you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't picked up your Southern Star Sport now, Get on it because it's um, still a few left on the shelves in the shop. So obviously the the Cork footballers, hurlers, lady footballers we talked about earlier, they're all covered in detail as well as the best coverage of the Carberry Under-21A Football Championship with match reports and reaction from all the quarterfinals last weekend. Also, some pieces worth looking out for in this uh, this week's Southern Star. The the Cahillan family from Castlehaven uh, picked up the Dermot Early Family Award at the GA President's Awards um, last week. And a huge honour for the Cahillan clan. It's um, Niall and Ailish, they're both from Castlehaven. They have seven kids, six of them play for Cork senior teams, which, which is incredible. But this was a great award for 
for the for the Cahalans, their, their contribution to the GA has been second to none. So I actually spoke to James McCarthy, the Castlehaven senior football manager, just about the Cahalan influence in um, in Castlehaven. So that's well worth checking out. Also, we've an interview with Fidin Witcherly, um, the the monster man who's had a stop start season so far. He played 78 minutes against the Crusaders in Parky Cueve last weekend, and that was his first start since December. Um, because after that, he, sh- he suffered a shoulder injury, and that's just knocked him back. But he's had a very, very stop-start season. Um, before last weekend, he only played in five games, so he's just keen to kick on. So we have a good interview there with Vanine Witcherley. Can't let this podcast go without mentioning Keith Cronin. He made an incredible return to the Irish Tarmac Rally Championship last weekend. He won the Galway International Rally um, last Sunday. It was a two-day rally. He won it in style. Like, what a return um, for Keith Cronin. So it was a great win for him. And also the West Cork League, quite busy at the moment. Clannacilty Soccer Club have strengthened their grip at the top of the Premier. They're now 11 points clear for this weekend. It's Beamish Cup quarterfinal day on Sunday. So plenty for local soccer fans to look forward to. So yeah, plenty of, of reading in this, this week's Southern Star. Yeah, loads there. I'm just going to flag in the main section of the paper as well. Um, We have a f- two-page photo spread and the full list of winners from the Southern Star West Cork Business and Tourism Awards, where Fernhill House Hotel in Clonakilty were crowned the overall West Cork Business of the Year. So check that out for a full list of the winners. We have some great photos in there as well. As always, Kieran, if you're further afield, if you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop, tablet or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week, along with full access to our website as well. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.